You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Ramil, the host of Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please make sure to follow the show if you haven't already, wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episodes Day three of our week-long series here over at Locked on Heat, where I'll be answering some questions about this roster, about what it might mean, kind of providing a little context here because, well, for one, it's the offseason. No one really knows what to make of this team. As I've mentioned before, it's going to be quite a while before we actually see the product out on the court and whether or not they'll be able to gel the way I expect them to. So we've got questions. I think they're legitimate and at the same time, just kind of have an opportunity to talk to you about some of those concerns down the road later on this season and maybe even beyond that. So I'll answer questions about whether or not free agency was about building Miami or weakening the rest of the East. I'll answer whether or not the move to acquire Kyle Lowry was ultimately worth it and launch into a discussion about what the end game is for this season. But I'll start off with... The most recent discussion around Heat Twitter, as I often do, I look around and see what everybody else is thinking and talking about and what's got everybody all abuzz. And there's a lot of concern about whether or not Miami gets a Christmas Day game. Of course, recording this on a Wednesday afternoon, so it's already been decided Miami will not be getting a Christmas Day game. And from a personal standpoint, as I've mentioned on Twitter, I'm great with that. I can just chill out with family. I can watch as much basketball as I need to without actually having to report or record a, a podcast after the game or go down to the arena if it's in a, a home game. So believe me, I'm great with it just from a personal standpoint. But even on a macro level, everybody just seems very distressed by this. Like they're upset and I don't see why. It's like you haven't been paying attention to this team. This team thrives on that kind of you know, if they if the if the Heat view this as some kind of disrespect, guess what? That's only going to fuel them further. There's no need for any kind of consternation or anything like that. Don't don't worry about it. The Heat will take care of it. Look, Bernie Lee, you know who you know as Jimmy Butler's agent, tweeted out whether or not Jimmy Butler would be upset about not playing on Christmas Day, and he said the only day he wants to, the only holiday he wants to play on is Memorial Day. Why? Because it's smack dab in the middle of the playoffs. He wants to be on a deep playoff run. That's what matters most to Jimmy. And I think that kind of applies to everybody else in this roster as well. So let's not get upset over things that don't need to really, you know, they don't need to disturb you whatsoever. On top of that, there's also some blatant disrespect there from the Summer League, whether or not uh, Omer Yurtseven and Max Struess should have been named on the first and second team, uh, you know, all Summer League teams or something like that. It's like, I don't think they care about these things. You guys have to stop, you know, getting worked up over these things. I've seen a lot of a lot of things going on over the the, the last couple of weeks or so. Like it's going to be a long month and a half given what's what's happening around the world around us and, you know, without any basketball to take our mind off of things. So let's let's try to put things in perspective. Let's not get worked up about a lack of a Christmas Day game or whether or not the Knicks are more deserving. Who cares? To be quite honest with you, you don't want to watch the Knicks games or not, that's fine. The reality is the Heat are going to be just fine enjoying the time off. They're going to be able to enjoy that with their families. And think about it. Tyler's got an upcoming baby. You know, Kyle Lowry has kids. Jimmy's got kids. You know, a lot of members of the Heat have some kids or family that they want to spend time with. Why not let them enjoy that day off and not get worked up over it? You guys can function watching basketball. You watch five great games or five decent games, whatever. Even remember last year. 
everybody was excited about Miami getting a, a you know Christmas Day game, and then of course there was the disrespect about being an early afternoon game. They wound up blowing out New Orleans. There were several blowouts that day. So Christmas Christmas Day games, you know, which the NBA was rushing everybody for. Remember, they wanted to get. <laughs> They wanted to get the season started in time for the Christmas Day games because that's their big marketing push and everything else with football winding down. What a mistake that was. In any case, uh, it just didn't work out that way. And, and Miami luckily came out on top. You know, it, it was missing Zion and Williamson, so it didn't have that, that same kind of cachet as a, a matchup between the Pelicans and Heat might normally have. Uh, I think it was a, a big game from Steven Adams early on, so... Steven Adams, new Memphis Grizzly center there. That's going to take some getting used to. There's a lot of turnover this uh, offseason. So it's, you know, Pat Beverly, now a Minnesota Timberwolf, and having to tweet his way through it. But anyway, enough about the the ongoings there. Let's just pump the brakes a little bit. Again, you've got a long month and a half before the season starts. Let's let's kind of try and, and keep some perspective here and not lose our cool over these things because the Heat aren't sweating it and neither should you. But was free agency about building Miami or tearing down the rest of the East. And I think you can have an argument either way. I, I think first and foremost, I would tend to lean towards the idea that this was about building Miami, that you want to build a different identity from the team that you had last year to approximate what you were able to build during the bubble run, a team that functioned well, that kept each other, and, and was focused on making sure that everybody was succeeding making sure everybody was winning because that's the ultimate form of success when you're in a team environment like this. It wasn't about private or individual agendas. It was always about making sure that as a team, you were thriving and getting better. So I think that was the priority here. But you can't deny that Miami made some strong moves here to pilfer a couple players on the Milwaukee Bucks roster. Bobby Portis was on Miami's radar and was offered a contract, and then he chose to take a lesser deal to stay in Milwaukee. I think it's a one-and-one type deal where he's going to be betting on himself to continue having another strong performance this year and potentially being able to make some more money next offseason. We'll see how that plays out for him. I'm not a big believer in what Portis can do, although he was a nice piece to their championship roster that's neither here nor there pj tucker however now on the miami roster so it kind of reminds me a little bit about what uh what the heat were able to do with the los angeles clippers back in 2003 where they offered elton brand a huge offer sheet as a restricted free agent and then the clippers matched, and that one wound up leaving lamar odom as an unrestricted free agent and uh, he wound up signing with miami and I, I kind of feel like it might have been the same way. Like, you know, maybe they were kind of pushing to get Portis when, in fact, they just wanted Tucker all along. Who knows? We'll see how it worked out. Uh, I'm sure eventually a story will come up about it or not. But I don't know if maybe Portis was their priority. I can't see why, considering that he doesn't play defense pretty well and his offense, you know, was uncharacteristically good this past year. Anyway, that's Milwaukee's problem. But, you know, you also take Kyle Lowry out of the Toronto Raptors, a team that has been challenging for the top of the Eastern Conference standings for as long as they possibly can. Now, Brooklyn didn't really have a lot of players to lose there. They wound up acquiring James Johnson uh, as a free agent. They wound up re-signing Blake Griffin. Those guys weren't coming to Miami anytime soon. Uh, I, I just think that Miami is always focused more on what they can do better. But I've seen the argument made that, you know, by taking a couple players here and there, off of some other Eastern Conference contenders that you're actually weakening them. And I think it's legitimate. I think that's not the first priority. I think the first priority was to build 
what you can do well here in Miami. And then if the byproduct of that is that you happen to weaken some of your potential opponents in the Eastern Conference, well, you know, it works out that way too. That I mean, that's fine. But Miami is very, very fond of saying we focus on what we can do. We focus on our strengths and not worry about having to change our style, change our game to accommodate any opponent. And I think that there's some truth to that. Like you want to be able to see Eric Spolstra in a game situation, try to be a little bit more flexible, even from Pat Riley and a team building approach, you want to see him keep some kind of flexibility. But I think they really leaned into what they do well, a defensive minded team, a team that's going to have some dogs on it. And I keep saying this, but I just, I can't, I can't shake the feeling that they're building this team with a, a new, edgier identity than what we've seen. This isn't the good-natured group of the last couple of seasons. I think they're going to have some great chemistry, but I also think that you just don't want to meet this team in a dark alley some way because they're not they're not the friendly group that you think they are. Uh, you know, look, I, maybe I'm making too much out of this, but to me, I, I really do believe that this is a, a much more intense group, much more focused, and they believe in themselves and their ability to contend for a title and yes they may not be as talented as the brooklyn nets they may not even be as talented as the bucks or the sixers or other teams in the east but they still like their chances and i think that they're going to be well that we're going to see more improved versions of miami stars not just jimmy butler but bam Adebayo as well and i think kyle lowry is going to lean into miami's way of doing things and he's going to be pushed in a way he has not been pushed throughout his career. It's going to be interesting to see how the new guys respond. Look, they sign up for it. They know what they're getting into. It's not just about collecting a paycheck. When they come here, they know that they have to work, and I think that they appreciate that. And that's why I'm a believer in this past offseason. But look, I'll talk a little bit about what Miami had to give up in order to acquire guys like Lowry and others. And I think it makes a lot of sense to kind of just – Put a, a pin on this conversation while we do talk about one of the new products that my, uh, the Locked On Network has been talking to you all about lately, which is a sweat block. Listen, no one likes talking about sweating. It's just, uh, you know, it's something that your body has to do naturally and there's no way around it. Some people tend to sweat a little bit more profusely and it could lead to some embarrassing situations. Like I've got a friend of mine, uh, you know, he, he does some public speaking and, and as a result of his profuse sweating he has to go through shirts a couple times a day uh you know it's it's that bad he could have a, an issue there where if he has a particularly hot day look we're in south florida it's always going to happen and so he has to now use sweat block and it's been such a great find for him because now all of a sudden he has the confidence and he needs to, to be able to go out there not worry whether or not his shirts are wet whether or not there's a stain anywhere and that's another problem too like if you sweat like that sometimes you stain your shirts you have to wind up replacing your wardrobe you never want to go through that and so now with you with sweat block you get all the what you need to protect yourself from profuse sweating you feel confident you feel great you go about your day look it's doctor created doctor recommended it works for up to seven days per per use which is incredible. It's a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years with over 13,000 reviews. You can wear what you want to wear. You don't have to worry about it. You can move about with confidence, and I think that's the best thing for everybody. Look, it's been talked about before on the Rachel Ray Show and everywhere else. You can do your research, find out what a great product it is, but we want to let you know that right now, if you go to sweatblock.com, and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you get 20% off, but only at sweatblock.com. You can also find it, like I said, on Amazon or at CVS. Look, times are tough. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. 
Whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and me. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. That's a bargain. Go to therabody.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash locked on. Therabody.com slash locked on. tough question to answer because of course we won't really know until mid-June is it was a move to acquire Kyle Lowry to build this roster ultimately worth it I think I think the concern is that maybe you gave up a lot and I know Miami fans were kind of worked up into a frenzy leading into free agency there was the belief you could acquire a Damian Lillard or a Kawhi Leonard or another big name superstar I think Kyle Lowry sort of felt like plan B. And so there was some concern whether or not this was the right move, and especially given Kyle's age, considering the fact that there were reports early on that he was wanted by so many other teams that he was going to be commanding a $90 million salary. I think there was a lot of, uh, you know, some, some Heat fans were particularly concerned about making a move for a player like that at his age. I can't say for certain, uh, and I Right now, my belief is, as I mentioned before, that Kyle is going to help cement this team and give them and help build a strong identity. I also don't think that the $90 million or whatever, the, I, I know the actual deal wound up being three years for $85 million, slightly less. I don't think it's going to be as problematic as people are concerned about. Look, between that, between Jimmy's extension and everything else, Miami always figures it out. They find a way. Is this team going to be fantastic, as great, four or five years down the road? Probably not. Probably not. I think there'll be another another stopgap there in between eras of greatness. I think that's the reality. That's kind of what you have to do when you when you build a team. I think, look, you, you have a superstar in Bam Adebayo. And, and maybe if you're listening to this podcast, maybe you don't buy into the fact that he's a superstar. And you can have that conversation as much as you want to. I tend to believe he is. I think, as I've said before, you can't just measure a player's greatness based on what points. Is that the, the determining factor? Can you just be a great scorer? Because if that's a crazy, you know, if that's the case, then Jamal Crawford should have a job in this league because he can still score on everybody. But what else does he do? And I think that's where you, you start to look at a guy like Bam or a guy like Jimmy even to some degree and say, you know what? It's that all-around game where he's impactful. And I think Bam... As great a defender as he is, as great a playmaker as he is, particularly at the center position, you have to accept that he is a star. He is one of one in this league. I mean, there are centers that are great pastors, like Carl Anthony Towns, maybe. Uh, you know, I know Nikola Jokic, Nikola Vucevic. I mean, Vucevic has been an underrated passer for a long time. 
because everybody just sees his low post scoring and the fact that he stretched the floor throughout his career in Orlando. But, I mean, he's a great passer, something I've seen up close covering the Magic. And I just – I don't know – how, how you can look at Bam and his passing ability, his ability to make plays for others and just deny that you know he's a great player that makes an incredible impact on the floor. Given that, he's your superstar. He's your building block down the road. Right now, he's not Miami's best player. He's up there along with Jimmy and maybe to a lesser degree, Kyle. But I think he's the future of this organization. You want to be able to... You, look, you saw how he interacted with other superstars on Team USA. Guys like Damian Lillard talking about how 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 much they appreciate seeing a guy like Bam move the way he does and grow the way he has during that limited time that he spent with other stars. Draymond Green, uh, an all NBA defender, talking about Bam's ability to create plays for others and how he has been learning from Bam and things of this sort. Like Bam is in that upper echelon of players. I, I look. There were questions posed on Twitter, which is, as I've said many, many times, not the best source of information. So you're always going to see people with dissenting views. And part of it is just, well, look, I can be an asshole online and no one's going to hold me accountable. I totally understand that. But some people don't believe that Duncan Robinson is a great shooter. Like that just needs to that just kind of tells you what you need to know about how some people approach not just the Miami Heat, but basketball in general. I don't know what you're looking for if you don't believe that Duncan Robinson is a great shooter. And I don't know what you're thinking about when you look at Bam Adebayo and don't recognize how great he is. In any case, to this overall question about whether or not this offseason was worth it, I don't. I, I can't tell you for certain what's going to happen a year, two, three, four down the road. I think eventually, I think, look, Kyle is probably going to retire as a member of the Heat. Maybe he'll sign for one more year in Toronto. We'll see what ha- how that plays out. I think Jimmy is going to play out the rest of this extension he just signed, and I'm not sure what version of Jimmy will be there at the end. He's a guy who loves the work, but he's put a lot of stress on that body. I know playing for Tom Thibodeau certainly helps to some degree, but even his two years in Miami haven't exactly been light work, so I can't say for certain that he's going to be a a top 15 player at the end of this contract. And so... At some point, you're going to have to figure out a new way of building around Bam. But you know what? That's five years down the road. Look, I know that there was the biggest regret of Dwayne's career, or one of the biggest regrets of Dwayne's career, was the fact that the Heat weren't able to take advantage of his peak, 2008 to 2010. Why? Because the Shaq era ended a lot sooner than they expected to. They weren't able to rebuild right away. And they were gearing up towards 2010 when they could acquire two other superstars, which worked out really, really great. But in between those two years where Dwayne was fantastic, there wasn't a lot of support on that roster. And, you know, you had your high draft pick with Michael Beasley. That didn't play out exactly how you'd like it to. You were able to get a guy like Mario Chalmers, who was a fine addition. You know, you were able to put a couple stopgap players like Jermaine O'Neal, Sean Marion, others, you know, building out that roster. But it was always about Dwayne. At some point, four or five years from now, probably five or six, Bam will be the lone star of this team, perhaps. And then... Whoever's in charge of this front office is going to have to figure out some new way of building around their superstar. That's the reality of life in the NBA. And yet Miami is still in a good place this year. They were in a good place last year. They've been in a good place over most of the last 10 years. That's something that is very, very rare. I just You cannot discount how good Miami has been at figuring out the next step. You can discredit... The 2016-17 season when Miami went 41-41, and that was a an in-between year where they didn't make the playoffs. 
And guess what? It, it, it netted them some great draft pick in, in Bam Adebayo. I think it all worked out for them. I, I think it was a great move for them to be able to get a player like that. And so while you miss on the playoffs, you also wind up getting your potential superstar. It all works out. But Miami has to be – Miami is better than other organizations in finding a player that can get them to that next level. And nobody saw that potential in Bam. I don't think anybody predicted him to be a top 20 pick in a 2017 draft and it kind of worked out for him. And I think it's going to work out for him here in Miami. And I think Miami now has something in place to continue building down the road, but moreover, it's about this season, right? What's the end game for this season? And I think that's the bigger question. Perhaps if you're wondering whether or not the move to trade away, go on Dragic and precious Atua was worth it. Giving up guys, guys like Kendrick Nunn and others, What's the end game for this season? Well, I'll talk about that in the next segment. But first, just a reminder that if you're looking for an indulgent treat, that Built Bar is the way to go. The best tasting protein bar I've ever had. Soft, 100% covered in chocolate. They're easy to chew. You don't even know you're eating a protein bar, but you're getting all the protein, all the nutrients that you might be looking for in a snack bar like that. Without sacrificing any of the great taste, you can try all of their delicious flavors. So many to choose from. You can get a mixed box where you can get two of each of their delicious flavors and you can give some away. If you like some that you, you know, if there are some that maybe you don't like and you want to give them away to somebody else who might like that particular flavor, that's a great idea too. You can always just hoard them and get as many of those as you like. And, and that's that's the best thing. You can get whatever flavor you want. That's what, the, you know, all having all this variety is all about. And believe me, you won't regret getting one of these boxes. I think they're actually on super sale now. So go to built.com. And make sure that you find the great flavors that you want and order as many boxes of those as you can while they're at a much more discounted rate. But even more so, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 and you get 15% off your order, but only if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 only at BuiltBar.com. And if you're looking to place a bet on the upcoming season, then a reminder that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track all the action over at Bet Online. You can get all the latest news and odds and info on your sporting needs. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts, and don't forget to use that promo code. Betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. So here's a segment where I make myself very unpopular with Heat fans because when I'm asking the question, what's the end game for this year? I don't think a championship is it. I know that that's the goal. I know that this Heat team is going to do everything possible. But I don't also think it's very realistic. I think they have to be opportunistic, as I've said before. Something that every team should be when it comes to the NBA playoffs. It's it's time to start understanding those kind of nuances. And I've been kind of beating this drum for a while, so maybe, you know, it's easy to ignore, I guess, if it kind of just goes into the background noise and everybody kind of just looks at, oh, the more talented team. Oh, look at the, the superstar assemblage in Los Angeles or elsewhere or anything else like that. 
I mean, look at look at look at the curious case of Patrick Beverly, right? Uh, the infamous tweet or announcement or pronouncement or whatever it was that he said. He said, "Oh, those past five years were yours to Steph Curry. The next five are mine." What happens? Well, for one, he doesn't even reach the five-year mark. On another note, the Clippers didn't actually do anything. Why? Injury. Kawhi Leonard's injury. A nagging concern there. A fact that maybe even when they are healthy, they might not be that great. It's all great on paper. Every team is good on paper, right? I, I, I brought up this point before, and it's something that kind of really resonated with me, and hopefully you'll understand this. You go to a media day, and it's hard to understand exactly what that's like. It maybe maybe the, the closest approximation is if you go to one of those large kind of corporate functions, uh, you know, like a, a workshop or, or, or something like that where you have booths set up for everybody and, you know, you have to go for uh, like discussions from here to there. There are panels being held in side rooms and things of that sort, like a symposium or something along those lines. And it's that kind of way because you have multiple reporters lining up here. You got players wa- walking from station to station. You take pictures. You pose here. You do this there. And everybody, everybody is so overjoyed because it's the season hasn't even started. Training camp is, hasn't even started. They haven't gone through two days. They haven't gone and done all the work that needs to be done. But they're so optimistic because they all, 30 teams, every one of them, we got a chance this year, not just to make the playoffs, but to go on a deep run. We're going to do it this year. This is the year where we get it done. And every year, 29 teams go home and go, what the hell just happened? What do we do wrong? Right? And some, obviously, more egregious than others. Hey, Sacramento, looking at you. You know, oh, by the way, David Mitchell putting it on this podcast right now. Future Heat legend, David Mitchell. That guy is a dog. He's going to be a Heat lifer. <laughs> You're gonna like that kid when he's in a heat jersey. I'll tell you that much. He's a. I'm a believer. Maybe it's just summer league, and I'm you know, I'm I'm going against the grain here. My own personal credo of saying you know summer league doesn't really matter, but I, I like what I saw. The defensive intensity that he's gonna stick around in the league for a while if he keeps playing like that. I don't know how sustainable it is, but yeah, for for now it looks pretty good. In any case, 29 other teams don't wind up winning the championship. Did they all fail? to some degree, but it's also an unrealistic goal to pin all of your hopes, all of your eggs, or to quote my former co-host, all your dominoes in the basket. You know, the championship cannot define your season. It cannot be the end-all, be-all. As Heat fans, look at what happened in the Orlando bubble. A fantastic run ended by injury. Let's be honest. I think a fully healthy roster, again, would have beaten that Lakers group pretty easily or at at least presented much more of a challenge than what wound up happening. The fact that Jimmy had a transcendent performance for two games out of six in order to carry Miami's hopes alive, I I think with Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic there at full strength, it would have been a very different outcome. In any case, is that season a disappointment? Does that feel like a disappointment when you think about all the turmoil on and off the court outside of the Orlando bubble around the world with Corona, with with you know social injustices, with the murders of, of people left and right and being broadcast in the news. And all of a sudden Miami somehow was able to find a way to gel collectively as a group and to beat teams like Milwaukee, Indiana, Boston, and even show some glimmer of hope against the Los Angeles Lakers. To me, even as a, a reporter, that does not feel like a failure. That feels like an overwhelming success. 
the fact that they didn't come up with a title, that's just dressing, right? The cherry on top. The actual reality of that was that it was a very successful year. Look, I'll go back even to a season that everybody hates talking about, the 2016-17 season. That was a great year. I had to cover 41 games of misery, uh, of trying to award you know, James Johnson or, or Derek Williams or Luke Bobbitt or whatever his name is, to trying to figure out what, what the uh, – Luke Babbitt, excuse me, the, 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 the power forward championship belt on a nightly basis. Wes and I having to determine which, you know, insert name here, power forward, wound up having the best game out of three very nondescript power forwards. It wasn't a great time. But then for 41 games, they played really, really well and wound up having an incredible run towards the end of that season. Yes, it took them away from, I don't know, the potential lottery pick that they wound up getting. They wound up getting a lottery pick anyway, right? And wound up selecting Bam Adebayo, which turned out to be a pretty good choice. I you know, I don't know. I don't know what you're all looking for here sometimes. I, I find myself a little confused at why there's this immediate importance placed on championships or bust. I've said it before. My brother-in-law is in that same mindset. He's like, oh, I don't care. They're not going to win a title this year. It's like, well, why, why do you watch 82 games? Like 82 games of fun, 82 games of stories, 82 games of people playing their hearts out and, and being the best that they possibly can be. This is going to be a great NBA season for Miami and for the rest of the league, as always. But I don't necessarily look at this season as a failure if somehow Kyle, Jimmy, and Bam don't wind up winning a title. You have to look at what's going on right now with Brooklyn. Like that That is the overwhelming favorite. And that's not even to assume that Milwaukee isn't going to find a way to bounce back to. I've mentioned this on the weekly Locked on NBA show, but my feeling is that when you look at a team like the Bucks, they've got more to prove now. Perhaps ironically, kind of reminds me of the Toronto Raptors after their championship, right? Everybody kind of wrote them off. Kawhi goes to the Clippers, and next thing you know, it's like, oh, well, this Raptors team is going to fall apart. I know I felt that way. They wound up having a pretty deep run in the playoffs in the Orlando bubble. And, yeah, they didn't quite get it done, but you know what? That was a successful year. Ask any Raptors fan. I think they'd be pretty proud of that outcome. After losing one of the five best players in the NBA, you wound up having a really, really good season. I understand you make some big moves. You're committing a lot of salary. We have to stop associating how much money Mickey Arison is paying and whether or not it's a reflection on the kind of quality of this team. You know, who cares that Mickey's paying that money? It's not your money. You know, it is in a way that maybe if you've bought heat merchandise or you know gone to the arena at some point, it kind of eventually trickles down there. But you're not directly paying Kyle's salary. So you, there's no sense of ownership there and no sense of, oh, why, is, why are we paying this guy that much money? You're not. A championship season would be fantastic. Of course. Again, even as a media member, you have to consider my own perspective here. I would love to be able to go on as deep a run as possible covering this team because it certainly provides much more content than trying to find, I don't know, the top five moments in this past season or something along those lines, you know, or trying to get excited about summer league. <laughs> you know, I, it's, it's, that's not why I'm saying these things, but I also have to think that look, there's a lot to enjoy about the season, even if it doesn't wind up culminating in a championship title. You can go on a really deep run. You can go on a really surprising run. You can challenge more obviously talented teams. And hell, maybe something breaks right. And not not to jinx any of the teams, uh, you know, again, above Miami in the potential standings here, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, whatever. 
something always goes wrong. And for a team like Miami, if they wind up something, somehow being as good as I believe that they can be and as opportunistic as I think they will be, next thing you know, you wind up going to the NBA Finals and having to take on a pretty deep Lakers team, maybe another Phoenix team that's looking for another chance to repeat as Western Conference champs. There's a lot of options out there. Maybe another team will take advantage out there in the West too. Golden State looks like they'll be a little frisky. I know a lot of people kind of have written them off because, well, injury, because of things, you know, because of exhaustion at Steph and the way he plays the game and things of that sort, even though he still goes down as one of the top 10 players in NBA history, I think, by the time it's all said and done. A, a game changer in every way. I don't know. I think for the end game is to be the best group that you can be and try again next year and figure out what worked and what didn't and then see what changes you can make the following season. Now it's no longer the 2021 offseason. We're, we're past all that, right? Giannis isn't coming. Superstar X isn't coming. Somehow you've acquired Kyle Lowry. You've acquired other fringe players, guys like P.J. Tucker, Markeith Morris, and on and on to build this roster. Now you see what you've got and see whether or not you have to move all your chips to a superstar trade. You keep moving. You keep it going. But you look at what this group can do. You take the time to assess what's missing, if anything. And then you find another way to build around it. This is year one of three years that we have Kyle Lowry on this roster. Let's see what happens. You've got another couple of years to maximize Jimmy's peak. Who knows how Kyle is going to age. That's a concern. But right now it's not the concern because I think he's going to have a pretty solid season where he doesn't have to dominate, where he does not have to be the Kyle Lowry of four or five seasons ago. He can still have really good numbers and still make an impact in many ways without having to be supremely dominant. Maybe he doesn't get an all-star selection. Does that matter? Again, I mean, for all the kind of upset I've seen over, you know, the Christmas Day game or the, the lack of a summer league all-team all, all selection or anything like that, it, you know, this past year, Jimmy wasn't an all-star. Bam wasn't an all-star. Does it matter? Is, does, do all three players have to make the all-star selection? And, and somehow, if they miss the playoffs, would that be enough? You know, it's all about perspective here. They're going to win. They're going to win a lot. They're going to be a great team. And that's what should really matter. And I think that's the, the focus moving forward. I think that's to me anyway. Maybe this is all a personal thing. And maybe for those of you who think otherwise, I'd love to hear from you. I really do. If you think the title is what drives this team is or what's going to define this team for you, that's fine. I'd like to hear your reasons why because I'm not sure I agree. And look, it's always open. These lines of communication – I'm there to listen. If you want to say something about the podcast, if you want to say something about anything that I'm talking about, if I don't cover some of the ideas that you think might be interesting to, or worth bringing up, the lines are open. You can always reach me via email at lockedonheat at gmail.com. You can reach out to me via Twitter using the hashtag AskLOHeat, or you can send me a direct message. Be sure to follow the show, and please also leave a review. That's another way of contacting me if you've got some point that you're trying to make. Hopefully it's a positive one, and if it's not, then maybe you can send me a, a message directly so I can address those concerns rather than doing so on a much more public platform like iTunes. But special thanks to all of our sponsors for supporting the show. But again, first of all, thanks to you for listening, for taking the time out of your day to make this podcast a special part of your day. I'm David Ramil, signing off for now.